Hello, everyone, and welcome to On the Job, a new series on the roadmap from Auto Finance News that brings on an executive from the auto finance industry to discuss what they have learned throughout their career and strategies they employ to be a strong leader within their organization. I'm Riley Wolfbauer, and today I'm joined by Senior Vice President, Head of Consumer Lending at Axos Bank, Anthony Capizano. Anthony, thank you for joining me today on the podcast. Yeah, thank you for having me. So to get started, um, I think I want to set some background about you and how you got into the auto industry. So how did you get into the industry and what has made you stick around? Sure. So I started at an early age with my grandfather's auto parts store in New Hampshire Um, when I was 14. I started working there, um, you know, sweeping the floors, doing the paint counter, worked my way all the way up. And that's really when I found my love for the mechanical genius and the varietal beauty of uh, of auto. Um, and we did everything. We 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 did trucks. We did we did everything. So um, that really introduced me there. But that's not where my true sort of story um, really my, my my story really started taking off later on in the career after the Marine Corps. When um, my affection for automobiles found a home, I was back then. Um, when you're looking for jobs, uh, we looked in the help wanted section of a paper, right? So there was no LinkedIn back then, and there was two jobs that I circled. One was for uh, selling coffins, which I felt I could do, and the other one was selling cars. And so I, I decided to sell cars, uh, to say the least. But uh, that was when I I really really began my my career in auto and auto finance. Um, it wasn't until later that I switched to the banking side um, after an opportunity fell through uh, on a franchise with a partner of mine uh, that I really went to the, the auto finance side and and uh, joined the bank. Great. And so early on in your career, and I mean even. I mean, everybody learns throughout their entire career. There's always career development, no matter how deep into your career you are. But what a what is a lesson or two that you've learned throughout your career that you still carry to this day? Yeah, um, I'm going to answer that, but then I want to I want to go back to the other question we just we just had. So I apologize. Yeah, no um, problem. Because I I left out something, which was uh, why did I stick around? Um, I always say that, you know, the auto industry is like being uh, bit by a vampire. Once it gets in your blood, you know, you're a vampire. You can try not to be one, uh, but it just doesn't work out. Right. So I've I've had my I've had I've tried to leave the auto finance, uh, you know, business industry and I, I came back to it. So uh, I think it's it's part of, uh, you know, you pick it and it picks you. Uh, and it just fits. So now let me answer your your other question. So there's there's a there's really a couple lessons that I've that's really stuck with me uh, early in my career um, where I benefited. Um, first of all, I will say this as a caveat, and I'll, I'll tell you something you probably already know, which is no one gets to be successful by themselves. It's always help of others around you. And so I, I put that caveat out there because there are many people I would think, uh, I mean, 
many times over uh, in little ways and some in big ways uh, to help me, you know, excel in my career. That being said, there were some early things that I learned, which was I had uh, an uncanny confidence. Um, you may call it ego, you may call it uh, lack of knowledge, for, but I actually was uh, in my early 20s very self-aware of my strengths and weaknesses uh, as it pertains to my, my skill set. Uh, but despite my, my weaknesses, which was a lot more than I had now, hopefully, uh, I was not afraid to seize opportunities uh, because I truly believed I could figure out how to be effective and add value pretty quickly. So it didn't matter if that job, I've never done it before. Um, I would have no problem or no fear of jumping in because I, I, I really am confident in, in, in providing some value. I know I could provide value. The second thing is, um, which helped me quite a lot, was I was not afraid to appear like I was the stupidest person in the room by asking a very simple question, right? Um, I had a, an old mentor who taught me this, and uh, I, I grabbed onto it right away in my early 20s. And, you know, I that's helped me so much. And today, I, I will ask questions and be, and, 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 you know, ask a very simple question and, uh, and not be afraid of, you know, getting the answer. Like, people may look at you like, you should know that. Well, I don't. And but now I do. And thank you for that. Right? So I'm not afraid of doing that. And the, the last thing I would say is um, growing up, uh, I knew that uh, early in my career, you know, I, I owned a, a, a couple of dealerships and I was very young to be in that position. Um, but I also knew that there are people out there who were you know, smarter than I was, had more experience at the time than I did. Um, but I was. I couldn't control that, right? I was not afraid of that because I couldn't control it. But what I could control was that I could out hustle, out work everyone else. And I was dedicated. I dedicated that and made that promise to myself that I would, you know, put in the time, put in the work to learn whatever needed to be learned and to outwork others uh, if required, right? So that was, that was, those were my key to success uh, early, early in life. Yeah, and I, I can really relate to those as well, because I'm a believer of the only way that you can develop as a person is knowing yourself truly inside and out and where your strengths and weaknesses are. And then to your second point as well, especially learning this new beat, this I just got into auto finance a year and a half ago. I had to ask a bunch of questions that may have seemed simple, but the only way to learn is to ask. So I, I definitely relate heavily with that. So reflecting further on your career, what would you say has been the best moment of your career, one of the best moments, and how did you grow from that? Yeah, it's tough, but I would say one of them that sticks out in my mind was um, was accepting a position that uh, I had that that was doing the business in a very different way. I had thought I had mastered the business, and uh, these newcomers, uh, in my eyes, were were doing it very very differently. And um, you know, I had the opportunity with them, so I so I accepted a position 
regardless. And I quickly found out that the people that I had the honor of, of leading and managing were much more educated in the way this business worked uh, and the way they were going uh, going about it than, than I was. And so I was in uh, the precarious situation where, albeit I was leading them, um, I had to find a way where I could add value to them, but also learn from them. And uh, they were gracious and they were they taught me and and obviously I, I got ramped up and and things went fine. But that was a pivotal moment for several reasons. One, I had to move across the country. And then the second reason was I had to uh, had to humble myself. Right. So um, that humility doesn't doesn't come easy. And uh, you have to always check yourself um, and make sure uh, that what you thought you knew that you're willing to challenge that because um, it may have been right, you know, three weeks ago. But, you know, you've got new information now and that's not the way it works now. And so if you're not willing to accept that uh, and really take a look at uh, look that look at that, then you're not going to grow. And, and that company did fantastic. So given that you gave the best moment in your career, let's flip it. And what would you say is a worst moment in your career or to put it in other terms, what is a mistake that you made in your career that you have learned from and how have you grown? That's tough because there's been many mistakes. So I would say, um, well, I'll point to one of the most difficult moments is was when I had an unfortunate experience of being uh, laid off. And through the experience, you know, you have many questions about uh, yourself that creep into your head um, uh, along with doubt. Right. So, you know, did I do something wrong? Did I earn it somehow? You know, did I make a mistake? Um, and if I if so, is that was was that what caused this? Um you know, was it someone I worked with who didn't like me? Uh, you know, should I be ashamed? Should I reach out to the people I used to work with? You know, um, was I not adding value that I thought I was going to add? All of these things, you know, really plague you. And they can really spin people into uh, an un unhealthy mental state. And so uh, whether, you know, you cause that or not, Actually, uh, you can't change that. So you only have really one choice, which is, you know, really learn from what what happened, right? Move forward and forgive yourself. Don't beat yourself up about it. And if you're if you're able to do that, um, that will enable you and free yourself to move on. And um, you know, it, it goes back to the the saying of uh, I don't know who said it, but I, 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 I grabbed onto it. It was when, um, you know, if you have a hundred dollar bill and you drop that hundred dollar bill on the ground, and you stomp on it and you and you jump on it and it's all dirty now and everything like that. If you leave that hundred dollar bill, will someone else pick it up? Yeah, they will, because it's worth a hundred dollars. And so I say that to say that, you know, your biggest battle in, uh, in those times really is your self-worth and, and do you believe in yourself and and um, can you forgive yourself and so you're still worth it you know whether that company saw it or not 
um, you're still worth a hundred dollars, right? So that is what I learned uh, from that experience, and that is what I carry forward. So given all these learnings that you've talked about the past few minutes, how does that shape the way you lead your team today? And how do you really aim to lead your team? Yeah, so, you know, it just depends. It really depends on, uh, uh, I'll say it this way. Um, I wish I knew back then what I know now. You know, I went through various different leadership types, tried them on like shoes and really settled into one. And one of those really is a very, very being a very collaborative leader, which means um, I have no problem making a decision. I have no problem, you know, formulating strategy and figuring out the path forward. Um, But when I'm presenting that idea to my team, you know, um, to the board of directors, the CEO, um, I'm not in love with it enough to, to to not change it, meaning I'm willing to change the idea. I don't care who has the best idea. I just care that it's the best idea and it's the best strategy. And that's what we move forward with. And that's really played well uh, in my career. Great. And then managing your team, what strategies do you use to ensure that goals are aligned from top to bottom and make sure that everybody's on the same page and working towards the same goal? Yeah, that's a two-part question um, for me. The first I would say, which most people I would say who've had a lot of experience, which is, you know, over-communicate, set set regular frameworks. Um, You know, we have a a weekly meeting. Um, I have weekly one-on-ones, right, with with my staff. Um, and my supporting staff, so people who don't report to me, but but uh, that are important to my business, um, and and they could be executives or they could be key people. Um, so I actually have quite a few of those that are set in stone on my calendar every single month, um, because I'm constantly checking for understanding. I'm constantly checking. Hey, do we all know what the path is? How to go forward? Do you know what you're doing? Um, so I'm always constantly checking for that. I'm checking for my understanding. And um, and if I feel like someone is not um, really grasping um, their their position or what they're doing or 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 the concept or the strategy, then uh, I'll have a one on one with them uh, to to even if they don't ask um, to just to check for that understanding. So that's the first part. Um, the second part, which which is you know coincides with it, is I'm not afraid of conflict. It's just not in my DNA. Uh, and the reason why that is, is because I truly believe that we all get up to do the best that we can do. So on the backside of that conversation, of that conflict, we're going to have a resolution. And, you know, that's that's what I believe every time. And so if there's an awkwardness or anything like that, I'll be the first one to step into it. Uh, and and approach it with respect and um, and um, gentleness so that uh, that other person understands that I'm truly there trying to work it out together. Right. And, and find a path. Right. And so building on that, 
is is there a certain way you try to carry yourself or a mindset you try to keep in your approach to the job every day and and how does that really affect your team yeah one thing really sticks out but there there are more than one obviously but one thing really sticks out is that um i don't i don't really care if i'm right or wrong i i i I don't it doesn't it doesn't plague me. I don't need to um be the biggest guy in the room or the loudest guy in the room. Um I just want to add value. And so if that means, you know, being quiet, then I'll be quiet. If I have something to add, then I'll add something. Um but I think, you know, the older you get, uh the 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 more I I, I learned was that um you know, silence is actually is very golden and it can be your best friend because the moment you were going to interject, if you just wait a little bit longer, the answer was given to you or your understanding became a little bit more clear of the situation. And so I'm very slow to kind of make a command decision um, until I'm very sure of what that decision should be. Right. I mean, and People always say the only way that you can listen is if you are being quiet, because if you're talking, you're you're not listening. So it, it goes back to that. Um, so Anthony, it's active listening, right? It's yeah. really active listening, um, you know, making sure you're not your brain's not checking out. You know, your body's still there, but your brain's checked out. Uh, it's really staying focused on that and being completely present. These are all things people know. But in practice, it's very difficult, you know. Unless you have this inner monologue to tell yourself, hey, focus or which I which I I do all the time <clears throat> because I, I truly care about what they're saying more than what my idea is and response of what they're saying. Right. All right, Anthony, that about does it for today's episode. Um, I really appreciate you joining me today and giving giving some insight in to how you approach the job and insight into your career history as well. Um, so thanks as well to our audience for joining us on the roadmap. We will see you next time and online at autofinancenews.net. Thank you.